0: It's December 24th, and I would like to greet all my half-dozen listeners with a generic, non-denominational, seasonal greeting. And welcome to the QuackCast, a skeptical and sarcastic evaluation of quacks, frauds, and charlatans. Oh, sorry. I mean alternative and complementary medicine, or better called supplements, complementary and alternative medicine... Who can pass up an acronym like this? This podcast is the last one of 2007 and is going to cover boosting the immune system. Proc2, as always, as a side project of Pussware LLC, the publisher of the Persiflagers' edited compendium of Infectious Disease, Facts, Opinion, and Dogma, your uber-hyperlinked electronic guide to infectious diseases, available at Pussware.com, where you will find not only the Persiflagers podcast, a bi-monthly review of infectious diseases, but It is CME accredited. Ooh. As Thomas Jefferson once said in a different context, ridicule is the only weapon that can be used against unintelligible propositions. Ideas must be distinct before reason can act upon them. Hence the guiding principle of this podcast. As always, references are on the show notes page, and old podcasts are archived there as well. Straight ahead, MP3s are available on my .Mac public folder. The link is available on the website. And we'll see. I'm using Ubercaster instead of GarageBand for the first time. We'll see how well this works. And now on to the meat of the podcast, boosting your immune system. Boosting your immune system. I have discussed this topic before and will likely pontificate about it in the future. But just what does that mean? Boost the immune system. Most people apparently think that the immune system is like a muscle. And by working it, the immune system will become stronger, bigger, more impressive, bulging like Mr. Universe's mm, bicep. Yeah, bicep. That's the body part I'm thinking about. But the immune system is not one thing, like the lungs or the liver. The immune system is a mind-bogglingly complex set of coordinated, or in my case, uncoordinated, cells and proteins. The immune system consists of antibodies, IgG, IgA, IgM, IgE, IgM. I said that twice. There are five types of IgG and two types of IgA. There is complement, which there are two different pathways in this part of the immune system. There are blood components, there are polymorphonuclear leukocytes, also known as white cells, and there are monocytes, and eosinophils, and macrophages, and lymphocytes, oh my, of which there are an enormous number of types. Each cell line can have either a very specific task in the immune system, or a general task in an attempt to prevent you from dying from overwhelming infection. If you're being infected, for example, by a virus, there's one response. In a the bacteria, there's a different response. And if a parasite, yet another response. And within each response, there are subsets of secondary responses, depending on the type of pathogen and whether or not you've been exposed to the infection agents in the past. And then there are numerous proteins and their receptors that regulate the response to infections. Chemokines and interferons and interleukins, a hodgepodge of numbers and letters like IL-6 and CCR-5 and TNF. And on and on and on. And then there are the equally important non-specific parts of immunity that help prevent infections. Platelets and cilia that sweep away potential pathogens and iron metabolism that keeps iron away from bacteria. And this list is also nearly endless. Remember, you are awash in a world of numerous potential pathogens that would love to consume you and when you die, eventually will. And the above is the briefest of overviews of the constituents of the immune system. So when something allegedly boosts the immune system, I have to ask, what part? How? What's it strengthening? Antibody? Complement? White cells? Are these results from test tubes, often meaningless? Animal studies? Human studies? And if human studies, what study population? And are the results even meaningful? Are they small, barely significant outcomes in poorly done studies? The answer, of course, is usually nothing. Usually they are talking out their butt. If you Google the phrase, boost your immune system, you will find 288,000 pages that give advice on how to give that old immune system a boost. Curiously, PubMed search yields about 1,100 references, mostly concerning vaccination. And if you PubMed search enhanced immune system, you get about 41,000 references, mostly concerning immunology. What there lacks out there is a quality clinical trial that demonstrates that, in normal, not nutritionally or otherwise compromised people, that some intervention can lead to a meaningful increase in the immune function and as a result have fewer infections. Maybe such a study exists. Send me a reference because I can't find it. If you are normal and in good health, there is nothing you can do to make your baseline better. If you go to these sites and start reading, you'll get advice on boosting the immune system that yields Dr. Phil level of inanities. These are often things that are trivial, but true. Get a good night's sleep. Duh. Exercise regularly. The heck. Avoid being a fat-ass couch potato American whose idea of exercise is driving to Burger King for a triple whopper with extra large fries. What a concept. But these sites often intermix common, well-known beneficial lifestyle changes with all sorts of nonsense. By the way i need a lifestyle best i can tell i only have a life i live it someday i won't but i need a style to my life and that's the problem being from portland no style it's the old joke what's the difference between yogurt and portland oregon yogurt has culture sigh so anyway every quack nostrum out there can boost your immune system Any one of a hundred herbal concoctions or other nostrums can somehow, some way, boost your immune system. How? It's a mystery. Or perhaps you are filled with toxins. Always poorly described, but evidently can cause your immune system to dysfunction. And there are any number of detoxification regimens out there that can improve your immune function. How? Another mystery. And all the classic quack interventions like chiropractic, homeopathy, and acupuncture will also boost your immune system by, you know, changing some energy vibration or flow or other. I don't know. I can't figure out how they're doing it. In fact, one of the amazing things is that best I can tell, there is no quack practice that somewhere, somehow, hasn't determined that it will boost your immune system. I suspect... That if one were to do all these interventions at once, your immune system would be raised to such a high level of activation you would probably spontaneously combust. You've heard it here first. The reason for spontaneous human combustion is multiple simultaneous boostings of the immune system. This kind of nonsense is successful in part because we are all aware that the chances of illness increases with the number of stressors in your life. And the worse your life or lifestyle, the crappier you are likely to feel and the worse you're likely to do. This phenomenon is real for groups of people. The more stressors, the higher the likelihood that something bad will happen in your life. But this effect is harder to quantify for an individual. If you don't sleep, eat poorly, don't exercise, get a divorce, and a parent dies, then the next year you're more likely to have a medical problem and you probably won't feel well in the interim. I remember toting up my stress score in medical school, and based on my score at the time, I should have been dead three months earlier. I would bet that when people turn to these quack nostrums, they do feel better, but not because of the nostrums themselves, but because, for however short a period of time, they are no longer participating in the crappy habits that define American diet and activity. But I would bet that 6 million years of evolution have more or less tuned our immunity to be running optimally, as long as we do the basics that we failed to learn in kindergarten, eat well, exercise, sleep, etc. You can be deficient in vitamins or other things which will make your immune system weaker, however you want to define that. But if you're at your baseline living a healthy, basic life, you can't improve your immune system in any kind of meaningful way. When you read the literature, such as it is, on immune-boosting properties of these various products, you find there are several kinds of results they use to justify their claims, all with a thick clothing of exaggeration and hyperbole. The first is they just made it up. Somebody somewhere decided this product enhanced the immune system. Often the claim is based on ancient wisdom, you know, ancient wisdom, the same ancient wisdom that gave us the flat earth and slavery and women is inferior. Ancient wisdom, always a reliable indicator. Then there are test tube tests for boosting the immune system. Now remember, the immune system is always looking for a way to distinguish self from non-self. There are cells in your body that are labeled with proteins called the histocompatibility complex for those of you keeping score that are in part signals to the immune system that I am me, and you are he, and we are we. Oh, sorry, I'm wandering off into the walrus. These proteins on surfaces make me, me, and they make you, you. And they tell the immune system, don't shoot, I'm one of you. Now, other people's tissues don't have these labels. And bacteria and pathogens not only lack these labels, but they have constituents on the cells that the body has evolved very specific responses against. For example, E. coli has a toxin called lipopolysaccharide in its cell walls that the body very specifically recognizes with a wing of the immune system called the toll-like receptors that is so old it is present in plants. Now if you incubate cells in a test tube with chemicals or non-self-life, i.e. bacteria or viruses or other pathogens, these cells react. That's what they are supposed to do. In medicine, we call this the inflammatory response. Oh, look, a virus, a fungus, a new chemical. Is it part of us? Nope. Respond. Kill, kill, kill. And here's the point I have made in the past. If you take a cell from the immune system and expose it to some chemicals or bacteria, you activate it. You get an inflammatory response. And those cells are often then primed. And if you challenge that activated cell with another pathogen, it will kill that pathogen better than if the cell was not primed. Now, this only works for some pathogens, usually those that are killed by nonspecific cell-mediated immunity. You'll often find these studies use listeria in Canada as popular pathogens that the immune system responds to with a nonspecific, i.e. cellular, rather than a specific, i.e. humoral response, probably because these are unusual enough pathogens that it made no sense evolutionarily to develop a specific response like we see against E. coli or streptococcus pneumoniae. Some organisms, often unusual ones, are killed with a nonspecific response to the immune systems, where others, such as viruses, are killed by very specific antibody or meningococcus, for example, which needs complement for optimal killing. This response, this inflammatory response, is used to suggest that the immune system is being boosted because the cells kill organisms better and that these boosting is to your benefit. Other test tube studies may also show that certain mediators of inflammation, such as tumor necrosis factor or interleukin-1, are increased, which is what you would expect if you expose the immune system to a pathogen or a probiotic. Those who say that their product, for example, probiotics boost the immune system, point to these sorts of studies to show that, in response to bacteria, cells of the immune system are activated, and they are exhibiting the expected inflammatory response to a foreign invader. They call it boosting. I call it an inflammatory response. Now, what could be better than priming your immune system so it is better able to respond to a pathogen? Well, this preamble, now 12 minutes and 3 seconds long, leads us to the meat of this podcast. Is it good to have the immune system activated? Is it good to have your immune system primed? Now, what I'm talking here is the inflammatory response one sees to bacterial and fungal pathogens, such as non-pathogens, he says in quotes, because as an infectious disease doctor, I think everything is a potential pathogen. But here are some recent interesting literature about the effects of having the inflammatory response turned on to acute and chronic infections. First, there's a nice review in Circulation, 2002, entitled Inflammation and Atherosclerosis. And basically, it summarizes the literature that chronic inflammation of all kinds is associated with atherosclerosis, i.e. hardening of the arteries. Now, Many things can cause an inflammatory state, i.e. boosting your immune system, not just infections. But let's go through some of this interesting literature. First is the New England Journal of Medicine. The title of the article was Treatment of Periodontitis and Endothelial Function. Now, periodontitis is gum infection, and endothelial cells are then what line the arteries of the body. So they took 120 people from England with bad teeth. Insert your own English dentition joke here. I don't stoop to those kinds of cheap shots. Either aggressive treatment for the disease or standard treatment. Now, aggressive therapy was something from Marathon Man. Quote, patients in the intensive treatment group underwent adjunctive full mouth, intensive removal of subgingival dental plaque biofilms with the use of scaling and root planing after the administration of local anesthesia. Teeth that could not be saved or extracted and microspheres of minocycline were delivered locally into the periodontal pocket. End quote. Ugh, my gums ache just reading that. What they looked at in the study, however, was not how good the teeth were, though they did long-term, but the main thing was markers of inflammation and endothelial cell function. Initially, when they were really reefing and scraping on these teeth, which is going to cause bacteria to get in the bloodstream, the aggressively treated group had a big spike in inflammation, but long-term, as their gums healed, they had less systemic signs of inflammation as measured by a variety of things like tumor necrosis factor and they also had better arterial flow. Those in the standard group did not have the same long-term response. They continued to have signs of inflammation and endothelial cell activation. What does this mean? Well, chronic exposure to bacteria leads to an inflammatory state and does have a detrimental effect on arteries, and there has been association between coronary artery disease and lousy teeth. Now, taking lots of probiotics or other substances that cause an inflammatory response, or perhaps, as they like to call it, boosting the immune system, to use the parlance of quacks, should act like chronic periodontitis with chronic sustained signs of inflammation. Who cares? Well, maybe you. If you are taking an immune booster that can lead to chronic inflammation, this is associated with hardening of the arteries. But wait, there's more. The inflammatory state is a prothrombotic state. You got your blue states, you got your red states, and you got your prothrombotic states. What does that mean? It means that infected people make clot, and they can form clot for a long time after they've been inflamed. Clot can manifest in several ways. Heart attack, stroke, and pulmonary embolism, which is a blood clot to the lung. There are now several studies out there that demonstrate a fascinating epidemiologic link between a recent infection and a thrombotic event. For example, in Lancet 2006, they looked at 7,200 deep vein thrombosis patients and 3,700 pulmonary embolism patients, and they found that they were much more likely to have had a urinary tract infection in the preceding two weeks, and that their risk of having a pulmonary embolism was increased by 2.1% and it took almost a year after the urinary tract infection for these risks of pulmonary embolism and DVT to return to baseline. How's about heart attack? Well, in a recent clinical infectious diseases in 2007, they looked at acute myocardial infarction and acute pneumococcal pneumonia and found an association that people coming in with an acute pneumonia were more likely to have a heart attack. Now, this could be due, due to a lot of reasons, such as lack of blood flow and other stressors. But it is worrisome when you note that one of the reasons people have heart attacks is increased thrombosis, which is caused by infection. How about stroke? Well, this too. In the European Heart Journal, they looked at a database of strokes and heart attacks and found that, quote, there was strong evidence for increased risk of events, i.e. stroke, and heart attack. They found that the odds ratio for developing a stroke seven days after an infection was 2.1 and that for a heart attack was 1.9. The risk declined over time and did not exceed a month, but then the infections did not exceed a month. So chronic inflammation and acute infection both lead to your increased risk of thrombosis and vascular events. So what are probiotics and immune boosters? Well, they may be causing acute and chronic inflammation. For those of you who think I may be talking about vaccines, sorry, you're SOL. Vaccines do cause the development of a specific antibody against whatever you're immunizing against, but they do not cause a generalized inflammatory response. The safety of vaccines, not of acute infections as a risk for stroke and heart attack, was demonstrated in the New England Journal of Medicine in 2004, where they noted an association between acute respiratory infections and, to a lesser extent, urinary tract infections and vascular events, but they did not find it for vaccinations. Now, I am aware that association is not causality, and I am also aware that there are issues with epidemiologic data to prove causality. But I submit for your consideration that if some product is really boosting your immune system, that it's really causing an inflammatory response, perhaps taking it may not be such a good idea. Now, whenever I listen to skeptics talk about ID, they always complain how ID cannot make any predictions. Now, I've been practicing ID for 21 years now, and it is a science, and I can make predictions. To somehow suggest that ID is somehow inferior... Huh? What? My 10-year-old is making signals at me. ID is intelligent design? The proposition that an intelligent designer made things, not evolution? That ID in that context is not infectious diseases? Huh? Oh, that's different. Never mind. But I will make a prediction here. People who use probiotics or other substances that can measurably lead to an inflammatory response or, quote, have their immune system boosted, unquote, will have more strokes, more heart attacks, and more pulmonary embolisms. So when you read that some product or either boosts your immune system, ask, one, says who? Two, what part of the immune system is being boosted? And three, are they really calling an inflammatory response, boosting the immune system? If the answer to the third is a big yes, perhaps you should avoid that product. When it comes to having your immune system boosted, leaving good enough alone is probably the way to go. Like Dr. Frankenstein, when you try and alter nature to your benefit, do not be too surprised if it turns around and bites you in the butt. So that's the end of the last podcast of 2007. This has been your QuackCast, side project of Pussware.com, where you will find the Persephone podcast, a bi-weekly review of infectious diseases, not intelligent design, where you can get Type 1 CME. Copyright 2007, the Creative Commons References are on the show notes and can be linked at quackcast.com. Send hate mail if you'd like to know-it-all at quackcast.com, and I will eventually respond to your email, I promise. Feedback of, would be of great interest, especially glowing reviews on iTunes. There's no music this time by my 12-year-old on the guitar. I still need to figure out how to add them to Ubercaster. Otherwise, I'll see you next year, 2008. Thank you. dictation. Goodbye.